like that alone just like kind of set the tone in that day and again I'm sure it was so unintentional like maybe they were trying to welcome me in but just then I was like okay so my place is down here and you're talking to me from up here so it's just yeah it was just a super unfortunate first of all it's like learn his name like if you know there's a call up and you know there's a new girl coming in I don't know I just think like why would no one reach out to you before and be like hey are you coming up to the game do you want to come sit with us because obviously I'm sure you were nervous to like go there to up to the NHL for the first time and not know any of those girls there's there's so many ways that they could have rephrased you know what I mean like I know sometimes stuff just slips out you say Mm -hmm. it but you could have even even if I had no idea who you were, how I would have approached, I would have said, oh, I don't recognize you. Like, are you dating someone, you know, who's here, right? You're listening to Breaking the Ice, a podcast and community created for wives and girlfriends of professional hockey players, but since has turned into so much more. Stories shared by women around the globe who come together for a sense of connection and community. You may be in the sports industry, a hockey parent, an athlete, or a person who just enjoys podcasts. But I can promise you, you'll be inspired by these women every single day while we evolve through the tips, tricks, do's, and don'ts for all things hockey. And guess what? So much more. For women, by women, but especially for a hockey community. So lace them up and tune in for a new episode every Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Good morning. That was a shit. Like, I think I said to Scott, I was like, yeah, I'm recording at 930. But I think like he knew that the Emma call was at 10. So like he comes in from his, I woke up early to work out so that he could like take the dogs and do all that stuff. So then I come in, have breakfast. He's just upstairs. Like he's got the blender on, he's got the pots and pans. <laughs> I wanted like the kitchen is like my favorite place. Cause it's nice that even if the dogs play, they're just right there. So they're not going to whine or anything. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to go in the basement because the upstairs get so hot, obviously. So I'm like, I'm going to sit in the freezing cold basement, but I've got my coffee and I've got my slippers on. So, oh, so cozy. Look what I'm working with right now. Yeah. But you know what? The acoustics in there are probably pretty good. (laughs) It's like literally white walls. I mean, this is like our extra bedroom here. I'm not even going to bother doing anything. It's like, if someone comes out here, that's, this is where they'll stay, but it's just away from like the noise of upstairs. I know. I just saw one of my, one of the girls, I know her husband plays in Nashville and they've been there for a few years. And I was just thinking, I was like, I'm so jealous of people that have like a few year contract that can just like buy a house and go back to it. And it feels like homey because we're the same. Like every year, it's just like, get a condo, hang nothing on the walls. And I'm like, you know what? Like, Hopefully once we figure out where we are this year, I definitely do want to do the same as you make it a little bit homier. Cause I'm so like, especially having a house now, I'm like, I don't want to leave. <laughs> I know it already feels so much better that I did that. Like, it's just crazy. Like I can come home and kind and wake up and kind of feel like I'm in my space with some things that I like. Cause before I literally never did it ever. It's easy to not want to spend money on that stuff because it's, you're not going to keep it. Yeah. So it, it feels like a waste, but then if you look at it from like a, a mental perspective, it's, it makes such a difference. Yeah. And we're there the majority of the year. Like this is the minority of the year. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. As I was waiting for you, I was looking at myself in this zoom thing and I'm like, why can I not be a cute bun person? A cute, 
you know? And there's like all these like tutorials and stuff on TikTok of like how to do like really easy coupons. And then there's like people that comment, they're like, this is still too fast. The girls will like slow. I don't know if you've seen them. They're like slow down what they do with their hands to get the bun like in a cute shape. And it's the same thing. Like I'll be trying to do something in my hair. And I'm like, how the fuck do they do that? Like, I know. And I look at all these people that are just out and about with buns on top of their head and they always look so cute. And then I just look like a homeless person. <laughs> like, I'm like, why? Like, it's just, I was like trying to fix it. I'm like, just forget it. I don't even care. <laughs> my hair's so greasy, but that's why I love that these headbands are in. Cause you can't even tell like the bottom of my hair is greasy. So I just like slick it back. <laughs> are you a fan of zoom calls? Honestly, I haven't even really like done many, like, like I've done like a lot of consults for the wedding, but like, I've pretty much like, I, I mean, I haven't really had to do any obviously for work. Cause I'm waiting on my green card and I'm just nannying. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just for like wedding consults and stuff. I don't really care, but like, eh. I always do zoom audio, which I feel like it's way better to do video, especially when there's like two or three people. Plus I'm like totally comfortable with you that I do not care to, to do like a zoom video, but I feel like it's so awkward with some people to do it. Cause it's like, you've never met face to face. And then you're just like, hi, like, I'm like, I can see myself talking in the corner and I'm just like, can I just like cover myself? So I don't have to like I see like, my, I no, yeah. I that. this is the first time we've even spoke face to face. I know. And I also find that I'm always like, on my computer, just like sit it. <laughs> I'm like, so I have to like, <laughs> maybe we'll be better now. I'm yeah. on the couch. Be comfortable from our apartments that we usually and they're like really nice comfy bar stools and Scott set them up we've never sat at them yet so I was like oh I'll just sit like at the bar because then at least there's like a table to put the computer on and our bar is very high up here it's like a very high top and our stools are like lower I guess so I'm so I like sat <laughs> so it's down. like a head <laughs> I like here on the screen <laughs> But Scott did say he was going to be done in like 20 minutes. So I'm like, good. I think for the Emma episode, I'll move upstairs because yeah, whatever you want to do. Yeah. I just like being able to like sit, I don't know, even like my elbows and stuff. I'm like, what do I do with my hands right now? <laughs> I know. I know. I always am like that too. I was saying to Charlie too, like he was pushing the stroller today. We went out to breakfast and I'm like, I don't even know what to do with my hands. If I'm not pressing the stroller at this point, like, <laughs> like what do I do? I'm just standing there. I did an episode with Lane. I don't know if you listened to that one about friendships and it was honestly like one of the most downloaded episodes that I've done. And yeah. I loved it because this is something that people like literally don't talk about. Like you might talk about this with a friend, just right. about friendships in general, but like I learned that so many of us feel the same way about friendship turnoffs and like, what's a friendship turn on? Like what attracts you to your friend? What makes them stick around? And especially in this lifestyle. So I'm excited to just touch on this today in our intro. Those questions that I wrote, that was literally from like another, like, I just like Googled like questions on friendship. And then everything was like questions to ask your friends. And I'm like, no, I want questions about friendship. So I just took like some of the ones. Cause I was like, it does get you thinking, right? Like it's totally. concept, like it's not anything concrete. So it's just, and we just learn this stuff and it's, it is nice to like, talk about it. I like reading prompts like this too, because it makes me think about these topics as I feel like it's important. Like the people who you surround yourself with are just as important as like your marriage relationship. You know, it's like your circle. Yeah. Yeah. And it so, is so important that balance too. Let's start with friendship turnoffs. Yes. 
So yes, I was thinking that like, as I get older, I notice I want friends in my life that can tell me how they're truly feeling. Yes. I find that a lot of people like, say yes. And like when they don't want to do something or do things out of obligation. And I feel like it's really important to have transparency, especially I understand kind of when it, in the hockey world a little bit, when it's not like, you know, you kind of have to sometimes let people down easy. If you don't want to yeah. do something like you can't be super blunt, but I find yeah. in like those long lasting relationships, you have to be super upfront with like what you want to do yeah. and what you don't want to do. Exactly. I feel the exact same. Like my friends, like from college and my friends who I was, that I met when I was younger, I, I have no problem. Like sometimes if we've got a scheduled phone call or whatever, like sometimes it's just like, Hey man, I'm so tired. Can we reschedule? And I don't feel bad, but I find, especially because the hockey friendships, you're always moving around. It's changing. Even if you've been on the same team with someone for a few years, it's still just like, you're almost like, are they going to think, you know, ill of me because I said no or so. Yeah. I feel definitely in those scenarios. I'm like a lot more, I'm like, okay, I'll drag my feet and I'll do whatever they want me to do. But with my yeah, long-term friendships, I'm like, which shouldn't it shouldn't be like that but I guess it is I know I and I totally find myself like in my head sometimes with hockey friendships especially when you don't know someone super well too like I feel like I will question like did I overshare did I maybe should did they take this the wrong way like I read way too much into conversations until you get like on that, like when you start peeling back, like the layers, then you start to get more relaxed and you're like, okay, they obviously like don't care, yes. but it's hard to read people sometimes when you're just meeting them. Do you find that? All the time. Yeah. <laughs> Do they take that the wrong way? Yeah. And I think we talked about that on the episode that I did a little bit, just when you're, you are meeting new people, you're just trying to be that relatable funny but like not weird and we're we all are so weird so it's just it is funny how we just go through the motions and then finally you get to that level where you're like okay I can like I can yes. like dive down a notch I can just be me so that's a good point to be at and hopefully everyone thinks like that because it is true it'd be so much easier if we could just go into it like being authentic right from the get-go I know I've been trying to get better at that because believe it or not. I mean, people would probably think that I'm not shy because I have a podcast, but I actually can be. It just depends. Like if I get into a new group, I can be like more reserved and less weird than I normally am. But I've been trying to just be like, this is who I am. (laughs) Take it or leave it. If you don't like me, whatever. Yeah. Have you ever had one of my biggest friendship deal breakers? I was actually very close with a person. um, And have you ever had someone that has only been friends with you because it's been convenient and then your friendship kind of like tapered when it stopped being convenient because I had a really close friend a few years ago and the guys that we were dating were, you know, friends in the same circle. So we got really close and then, yeah, just they broke up and then we broke up me and my ex and it like it was almost just like she was like oh I'm kind of busy oh and I just like two and two added up and I was like oh my god I was like I think she's just she was just friends with me because it was convenient but it's just strange because I thought it was going to be a lifelong friendship and there's no bad blood now I 
don't think I've ever really had a role with any of my friends because I just kind of let it roll off my back, but it, it's sad more than anything. Yeah, I, I have definitely had that. And I think like it's hard, it's a hard pill to swallow when it's like a long-term friend, but it's also life that you're going to grow apart and like go different directions than people, especially in hockey, because not that many of our friends outside of this hockey world are in this kind of situation. Yeah, totally. I feel like it would be hard for people as well to relate to us just as difficult it is for us to relate to them. And so you naturally just kind of fizzle out, I guess. But I've noticed that there are friends that continue to check in. And like, I notice the people that I continue to make the effort for, but then there's those people that I'm like, if I never texted them first, they would never text me first. I know. And even it's been, I was actually just thinking this morning, there's a few of my close friends who it's been, you know, a few weeks, we Snapchatted here and there, but I was thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, I really should schedule some calls, but obviously just having a new puppy and throwing that into the mix has been difficult, but it's like that just, it's just that spark in my head where I'm like, oh, I haven't checked in on this friend in a bit. Like I should do that. And I think that's really all it needs to be. Like, you don't need to talk to people every day. It's just checking in that once in a while, letting them know, like, I care about you. I'm thinking about you. When can we, you know, catch up? And it shouldn't like, that's what I love. All my close friends are just easy, breezy, easygoing friendships. And I think that's as an adult, especially what you need to make it work. Mm -hmm. I have a friend from high school and she wound up moving to Boise also several years after we were there. And then we both have kids. So we kind of, we fell out of touch for a bit after high school. And then we reconnected when she got back to Boise, she doesn't live there anymore, but she's like my mom friend. Like she, we text almost every single day. And with this whole chaos of like getting over here and traveling, I've kind of not, we haven't been talking as much every day. And I texted her and was like, I'm so sorry. I've been so busy. I think about you all the time. I miss you. Let's catch up soon. And she was like, I have zero friendship expectations from you right now. Don't even feel like you need to check in. And I think that kind of comes from like my people pleasing, not that I feel like I need to people please her by any means, but like, I, I want to be like, I want to make sure that she knows that I care about her, but I love that she said that, like, I don't have expectations of you right now. I understand that life is busy. So it's good to have those people in your life that aren't like, if you don't talk to me like once a week. Right. I'm, you know, mad or something, which I feel like is a lot of like high school kind of friendships. Huge. Yeah. Do you remember that when people get like upset at you, if you do not talk to them for a week, like, yeah, we don't really talk anymore. I know. And especially like, I think that's one of the good things about social media. Like, I feel like all my close friends, I'm either just like, I'm sending them like funny reels, just an occasional Snapchat. We'll even just like, you don't even need to like start a text with like, Hey, like, it's just like, ask them a question or yeah. whatever. So, yeah, I think that's the good thing nowadays. There are so many different ways that you can let someone know you're thinking about them. Yeah, I'm really, I'm content with all of like my good, my good, good friends. That makes me think though too, Lane and I talked about this on our episode, but I think that people overestimate sometimes the meaning behind a like. Yes. They're like, oh, I'm just liking this. So they know that I liked their picture, but like, you kind of have to go a little bit beyond that sometimes when you're in an adult 
long-term friendship when you're not seeing people all the time yeah like like literally all sometimes you know you're just aimlessly going through you're like 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 just clicking but yeah I mean even you know whatever it's always like whatever my friends post or anything like I'll usually even text them like if it's something exciting right obviously but yeah I think that there's a lot of obviously negatives to social media but that's like one of the big big things and even just snapchat like pictures and videos you know of my dogs of whatever it's just it's always just like hey I thought you'd like this so I'm sending it to you friendship turnoff for me is friendship hoppers people that get super attached to someone they're like all about them wants to do everything with them and then they freaking leave them to dust and go to the next friend yeah I, I can't I can't even wrap my mind around doing that like what is that uh yeah I and it's funny too because as you say that I'm like thinking and I'm like I could name multiple people who have like personally done that to me or that I just know that do that and it's, it's like easy what? to fall for because they're all about you they're like I want to do this with you I want to do this and then all of a sudden they're like over you and they're on to the next friend yeah and like maybe that kind of ties in with the convenience too like it's like what can you give me right now and like maybe I'll go and it's almost like instead of just being so, like obsessed with someone for 20 minutes how about you just make you know friendships with everyone and just like wade your way in <laughs> do you think that's an insecurity thing maybe it, it might be almost like almost like a job interview you know like maybe it's just <laughs> like okay I'll like really impress them from the get-go and then I'm good and then I'll move on to another friend and do that but it's like friendships are just like any relationship you gotta like put time into that you gotta like ease your way into it it's all yeah. it really is a turnoff even like um uh, Scott's best woman, um, Sabrina, she was over at our house this weekend. So she's like his best friend. And she's honestly one of my best friends now too. And we were just talking about how it almost is just kind of cringy when I'll be in social situations and I'll just meet a girl. And then like, you're saying bye. And then she'd be like, love you. And I know it's always meant with good <laughs> intentions, but like, I, we were just like, oh, it's just, it's not really because it's just like, what do you say back? Like, I, I guess, you know, you could just say love you and just whatever. But just to me, I'm like, oh, that's that's probably one of my turnoffs. So if you're not if you're not good friends, like if you're just acquaintances, yeah. you mean, or if you're good friends? No, 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 no. If you're just like or you just met like I can't tell like how many times like, you know, just even meeting like new friends of other friends. And it's it's fun to say like, oh, my gosh, I love you so much. You're great. But just like that kind of like love you at the end of the night. I'm like, I don't really know you well. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, it's a little early. Like, I don't know if yeah, this is <laughs> like, it's like very, like not genuine, but here's a key to my apartment. Yeah. Do you know what that's, do you know what that's from? I actually don't. Oh my gosh. Please tell me you like, fr- you watch friends. Okay. Well, I was just watching it before we logged on here. So yes. <laughs> okay. You know, the scene where he- have you seen all of it? Yeah multiple okay. times Ross is dating Mona and she was like wanting to do the Christmas card with him yeah <laughs> and, she, and then best episodes and he's like I don't think I'm there yet and then she something like I don't remember the exact scene but anyways he's like here's a key to my apartment when he like actually wanted to break up with her <laughs> I don't know why that just popped into my head but you know no, I'm literally, I was just watching like as I was having my breakfast before this. So I'm upset that I forgot about that. But it is true. I think like in every show, I always remember the first few seasons a lot better. And I feel like Mona was what season like eight, 
Yeah. Those are my favorite. The ends of friends. I feel like the first couple are a little slow and then it gets really, really funny. The only thing I did notice about friends, which is totally off topic, except for the name of the show friends is that Joey was like, so he was like a stud in those first few. He had like the long hair that like, oh, kind yeah. of like flop. And then at some point, like they just cut his hair short and did it spiky, I guess. Cause that was the thing. I'm like, why'd they do that? Like, I just, I, I'm really, I think just watching a show multiple times through, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I know. I love that show. I could watch that on repeat. I feel like I've seen it so many times. Guys, an insight into our lifestyle and situations. I think something for me that has kind of delayed my start into getting into therapy is that half of the year I'm living in a different country. So the coolest part about BetterHelp is it's customized online therapy and they offer video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't even have to see them on camera if you don't want to. And it's way more affordable than going to in-person therapy. And you can start communicating with someone in less than 48 hours. So I'm excited to try out BetterHelp this hockey season. I think that people can only benefit from going to therapy. And it probably can only improve the kind of experience you're going to have during the season. So if you're interested in signing up for BetterHelp, you can head to betterhelp.com forward slash breaking the ice. Hi everyone, Brittany here. I am so excited to introduce our guest today. Her name is Emma Winnetoy and she is the girlfriend of back-to-back Stanley Cup champion, Mitchell Stevens. This is such a special episode for me um, as my first episode as a co-host because Emma and I have actually known each other since we were little kids. Our brothers played on the same competitive hockey team, and we grew up running around the arenas together. So it really came full circle for us when my husband, Scott, and her boyfriend, Mitch, played on the same NHL team and even won a Stanley Cup together. Friendship is definitely the underlying theme of the episode today. We start by asking Emma her friendship deal breakers. We then get into the story of how Scott and Mitch met at the airport since they were on the same flight to Tampa for camp and how they knew their significant others knew each other a little bit growing up. We of course then talk Stanley Cup. They recently celebrated their day with the cup, which is where each player on the winning team gets to bring the cup wherever they want, usually their hometown, and celebrate with their friends and family. They brought the cup to both Uxbridge, Ontario, where they have a house, and they did another boat parade in Peterborough, Ontario, which is where Mitch is from. We talk about how her and Mitch met over Instagram and how she initially didn't want to date him because of long distance. On that note, we talked about how challenging it was when they spent six months apart due to call-ups and the bubble situation that the guys had to be in for playoffs last year. She got super real with us about how she had doubts about their relationship during that time since it had been so long since they'd last seen each other. Switching gears, we talked doodles since we figured out there were five between Devin, Emma, and myself. She told us about the time that they adopted their golden doodle, Leo, and how Mitch didn't see him for eight months, which completely tugged at our heartstrings since Mitch left and he was a puppy and came back and he was a full grown dog. 
Emma is such a kind-hearted and down-to-earth person, which really makes for the ideal friend in this crazy hockey lifestyle. She always makes everyone feel welcome, and talking with her and Devin today genuinely felt like I was taking a break to catch up with my girlfriends. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as we enjoyed ourselves while recording it, and let's take it back to the early 2000s when Emma and I first met. Hi. Hello. How's it going? Good. How are you guys? Look how freaking tanned you are. I know. I I spent the weekend at the cottage. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) Give me some of that color. I feel like I'm so pasty. It's just gross. I'm always really tanned. Devin. Devin, meet Emma. Hi. (laughs) Hello. We've also chatted over Instagram for a while. So um, we were just laughing because <laughs> Brittany started introducing you like as you were like rolling onto the call. So <laughs> I was just so Okay, so we're we're both new to this. <laughs> no, you guys are gonna kill it. I was debating. I'm like, do I fill my cup with coffee? Do I do wine or do I do water? And I went with water. Yeah, what time is it? It's four. In the afternoon? Yeah. So it's okay. a little <laughs> it's in the morning. <laughs> We could go many different ways. Very, always. And I feel like it's never too early for wine, honestly. I mean, you could just make an excuse for it for any given reason. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me today. Um, So like Britt said, my name is Emma. And I grew up in a small town of Uxbridge, Ontario, which is like 20,000 people, give or take. So it's crazy that our paths crossed not once, but multiple times after that. And now we're doing a podcast together, which is so crazy. Um, But I just actually finished uh, school. So I went to Queen's University in Canada for my undergraduate degree. Um, I did health studies and then I went on to do teacher's college. So I just graduated from that. So I'm in the process of figuring out what I want to do with that. But um, my boyfriend uh, was playing for Tampa for all all I've known him um, for their AHL team and then in their NHL. And we just recently got traded to Detroit. So we are moving to Michigan um, we bought a house in Oxbridge, so this is our home base, but we obviously are traveling for many months of the year. So I'm excited for a fresh start. Yeah. Okay. Brittany, that was an amazing introduction. I'm just going to bring you on for all of my intros for the rest of eternity. <laughs> and Emma, congratulations on winning two Stanley cups. First of all, that's literally amazing. And how did you guys, both of you, I guess this question can be for both full circle, knowing each other since you were five to being on the same team together. How excited were you for that to actually happen? It was unbelievable. So Brittany, I always looked at as like an older sister figure when we were like growing up, like she was the really cool four years older than me would still hang out with me at the arena when I was like tiny. And she always was just so amazing. And then even growing up, through high we went to the same high school so like through leadership camps and like she was just such a role model and then when we ended up both dating hockey players and then both being on the same team I was so excited so we both started in Syracuse for the year and we ended up living um three two apartments down from each other yeah there's one in between us (laughs) yeah and it was just like the best thing ever and then our boyfriend's husband boyfriend totally hit it off right away too which also just made it so much better there yeah Mitch I will say I actually have a funny story on that 
like line because I don't even know if you know this Emma but when Mitch and Scott I think like first met in person they were both I think flying to Tampa for camp so they were both leaving from I think Toronto like Pearson airport and um Scott was like oh like there's someone like waving at me and he's like oh like wedge wedge and like Scott was texting me and he's like like who would know me like that's also going to Tampa and I'm like I was like, I think that's my, like Emma's boyfriend. And then Mitch went up to Scott and he was like, yeah, your wife used to babysit my girlfriend. And the way that he said it, because like we would run around the rink when we were younger and our brothers had hockey games. And obviously I think I was one of like the older siblings. So like, (laughs) as the parents were just, you know, having their drinks and watching the games, I would be kind of like babysitting, watching the kids. But like Scott message texted me and he's like, how young is Mitch's girlfriend? <laughs> Did you really babysit her? Or? Bad way to phrase it. But yeah, so that that's was really so funny. funny. I feel like at that age, though, four years feels like such a huge age difference. Yeah, if she yeah, if she was like five, I would have been nine. Right. So yeah. Yeah, that says it all. Or I was just entering high school and you were just leaving. Like, the, it did seem like a big age gap at the time, but not yeah. anymore, of course. Yeah. As you get older, though, I feel like that doesn't matter unless you're just extremely immature. Because, like, I have friends that are, like, literally 50 years old. Yeah, I literally, I, um, we have friends, we have neighbors next door to us, and then the parents of the girls that I nanny, and they're in their, like, mid-40s. And I just said to Scott this weekend, I was like, I like hanging out with these people better than like half of the people (laughs) because like, they're still like, they want to have fun, but like, they also like going to bed early and you know, you don't feel like absolute like crap in the morning after, because they're like, oh, you know, we got to go do this with the kids and blah, blah, blah. And Scott and I are like, we're just 50 year olds in 20 something bodies. (laughs) Well, that's like Mitchell and I too. Well, not so much myself, but Mitchell for sure is like, oh, he's 80 at heart. He is such an old soul. Hit it off so much. (laughs) Yes. Like such an old soul. And so same thing. Like we're always like hanging out with like people that are older than us just because that's who we get along with the best. So it's so nice. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. And they, they want to party in like the best way possible. And they're so funny because they have so much life experience that I feel like they always come in with like these one-liners and you're like, yes, like that's my favorite kind of humor. Just dry humor. Come out of nowhere. They don't talk. And then when they do talk, it's yes. hilarious. And you're like, yes, those yes. are the best kind of people. Totally agree. So Brittany and I, before you jumped on the call and sorry, we took a little bit to answer because we just got sidetracked per usual, but (laughs) we were talking about friendships and Britt, I feel like we could even talk about like some of those things that we were going to talk about, but didn't get to, but before we answered, we were talking about friendship deal breakers. Do you have any deal breakers in friendships that stand out to you that come to mind? Ooh, I would say, um, loyalty for me is like one of my like biggest things. I'm just loyalty back and forth. And like, what does that mean to you? I'm the kind of person who is like, we could not talk for a year. We could not talk for a week. We could not talk for six months, pick up right back up where we left off kind of person. And so like, just always being there and like having those friends that you could always call no matter what's going on in your life, like just being a really loyal friend. And I try and do that to all my friends as well. And knowing too, that they have your back. Like I just writing down notes for like friendship deal breakers the biggest thing for me that 
I think just as I get older too, is just like, I think your social circle does, you know, tighten and especially after school. So it'll be interesting, like for you, Emma, cause that's kind of like where you are now, like obviously, but it's, it, it's kind of sad at first. Cause I'm like, oh, I used to have, I don't even know how many friends. And now it's just kind of like the important people, you know, you keep in touch with, but if, if someone, the, one of the biggest ones for me that I didn't say that plays into loyalty is just, they can't be like gossiping behind your back because if they are your friend, they should, and they should be able to just take it up with you. If they have an issue or whatever, I cannot stand when like someone will be like, oh yeah. Um, so I heard this and blah, blah, blah. And then it's just, you've got gossip, you're hurt. The other person's hurt. So many people are involved when they could have just came up to you and said it directly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To kind of trail off that jealousy. That is a friendship deal breaker. I want to celebrate all of my friends' successes and never feel jealous of them. And I hope they feel the same about me. Like we are celebrating each other and supporting each other and lifting each other up. My mom always told me growing up, you are, um, your personality is your, that of your cl- five closest friends. Like you are a resemblance of your five closest friends. And I always took that to heart. Like, wow, who are those people that I really want? I love like? that get them out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm like the other one. See you later. (laughs) That's so true. And I, yeah, now that you say that that's totally one for me too, because I feel like I've, I've had that happen to me where people, I just feel like there's like, I start to feel this competitive aspect where it's almost like a one up situation. And I am like, why can't we all just be happy for these things? Or like, I, have gone through things and I'm sure you guys can relate to like where something exciting happens to you. And then you like, don't hear from someone that you would have expected to hear from, or, you know, you start an endeavor or something and it's just crickets. Two Stanley cups now, like the, the people that reached out to us was so interesting. And like Mitchell and I really sat down and talked about it too. We were like, who are the people that reached out to us? Um, because they genuinely were happy and who were the people that reached out because they wanted something like they knew the cup was coming or you know like things like that and I I don't know if Devin it might have been something that breaking the ice posted but this like really and I've seen it other places before too um, but someone was like isn't it interesting too how sometimes the people that have your back the most are friends that you aren't even that close with like it's almost like sometimes the friends that like you expect to be there for you it is like in those moments of like where they might be jealous it's just kind of like well where are you and on the hockey note I felt this sometimes with some of my friends um but I think our our lifestyle is so different and a lot of people do look at it as just like oh it's easy oh there's you get to play hockey for a living oh sometimes you don't work because you can't work and then they just kind of develop this notion about your life which kind of snowballs into that jealousy because they're like oh it's so easy oh you know blah 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 this your husband boyfriend whatever plays hockey and it's just like if you're thinking like that like that's not a friend to have but I've definitely kind of and it it makes you really crappy to think about it because you're like oh there's so many you know not glamorous parts about this life too that it would be really nice to talk to you about (laughs) yeah so many not glamorous parts I know. And I feel like I always wind up, I start to question myself when a friend is doing that to me. Like, I'm like, did I do something that's making them act like this towards me? And really it's stemming from their own insecurities. 
from a recovering people pleaser, which is something I'm still working on. It's like, I start to look inward and I wonder if I did something, which is not a fun feeling, but at the end of the day, I feel like those people aren't going to be your long-term friends. Yeah. A reason, a season or a lifetime. Seriously, those friends, right? Like we've all heard it. Like they're making you question yourself when deep down, you know who you are and know that you would never, I mean, intentionally or unintentionally do something to hurt somebody, you know, like you should never be questioning yourself in friendships. Yeah. And you mentioned the cup, which I wanted to talk about. So guys, I actually didn't know that if you win the Stanley cup, each player gets to take the cup home, right? For how, how long do you get to keep it for? One day, one day only. <laughs> like the That's cup, it? Yeah. You get it at 9am and it has the curfew of 12pm. And who picks it back up? There, so there's a cup keeper that stays with the cup the entire day. So there was two of them and they stayed with us the entire day. They drive it to you. They like hand it to you with their white gloves, like their Michael Jackson gloves. And then they like take it away at the end of the night. Oh my gosh. That is so, yeah. I mean, I get that because I feel like if they didn't have that, someone would for sure steal that, but oh, absolutely, that's very intense. Yeah. But like, so because of COVID last year, not nobody that won it last year got their day with the cup. Oh no. So it was like, we were like, I mean, how crazy that won it twice, but like we were celebrating two and one. And then you want to see so many people and do so many things in this one day. It is so packed. We were dead by the end of the night. So what'd you do with it? So we started the morning here at our house in Oxbridge and we had all of our like family and friends from this side of (laughs) town come and then um, we were here for a couple hours it was really nice we had a photographer and brunch and everything here and then we took a party bus and we took it to Peterborough which is Mitchell's hometown and we took it there and did same kind of thing at his parents house and then he did another boat parade of course because (laughs) COVID and that's COVID friendly but they they went down the um river there in Peterborough which was beautiful and then they came back to a park the boat parade ended at a park and he did a whole community event for like all the kids and everything which was my heart and then after that we just took it to like a rooftop patio and finished the night there with just like our closest friends and family which was so nice I bet all eyes were just on you guys all day like people are probably just like all over town all day and then I saw like news reports coming out after and it was like me walking beside Mitchell I'm like oh my gosh and I'm like, you need to be more aware of where the cameras are <laughs> it would be that celebrity moment like even the boat parade from the first year I remember getting like tagged in just like random people's photos on Instagram and you're just like, oh, not from that angle. No, no, no. <laughs> like, yes. Learn my angles if I'm going to be this much of a celeb. <laughs> I know. So I'm like, funny. okay, so they're used to it. I'm really not. No. I'm normally, you know, hiding in the background. The people mean, used to it are just like pose yeah, at all times. I swear Mitchell at all times knows where all the cameras are. And like, his like, he's just on it. And I'm like, wow, this is a talent. Yeah. The thing is, I feel like guys don't really take bad pictures. Cause like for me, not that I'm like relating this to having the Stanley cup and having like photographers publish me around, but like wedding photos, like when you're in a wedding and you see photos and you're just like in the background of it, just like, could we not like, I have 20 chins. This is not a cute angle of my arm. Like, let's not post this online. 
or where you're dancing like I've seen so many wed- wedding photos oh, yeah. and people are dancing and like the dancing you think you look really good you don't no <laughs> I'm just gonna tell my photographer to like take yeah just take uh, what well, as soon as the dancing starts just like avoid me just avoid me I don't <laughs> avoid the bride yeah avoid the bride <laughs> please well Do you're gonna look for this yes, yeah you on your wedding day though, I feel like all of those pictures turn out good. I was scared of that. I'm like, make me look, I always say this when I get professional pictures that I'm like, make me look thin and tan. That's what I say every single time. Yes. Um, and on your, I mean, there's times where we get pictures back and I'm like, eh, don't love that. But like my whole wedding album I love. So I feel like you'll love every single. And picture. like the power of like editing too like we have a photographer and her style's very it's like minimal but like still you I, I don't know if you've seen those like reels on Instagram where they show like the unedited versus the edited and it's just like that simple filter can just like just do so much so yeah I, I hope that when you pay you know a professional photographer they know what they're doing I'm like you can do this I have faith in you <laughs> yes. you got this you make me look good <laughs> yeah try and get I, a basketball to a spot just for fun I just want to yeah. see yeah <laughs> That's your task for the night. Yeah. I actually have like a funny quick side story, but like on the night of my rehearsal dinner, I don't know if I told you this or not, but I hired just like a cheapy photographer. Cause I really just wanted someone to come like snap pictures. And like, I didn't even really care if they were edited and I got them all back you guys. And I was in three of them, three photos for my rehearsal. So dinner. They, did, they did not know who the bride was. <laughs> I'm like, um, so I said, I messaged her and was like, Hey, were there more photos of like Charlie and I, and she, I didn't really give her like much to work. Cause I, I did I just thought she would just be snapping pictures right. all night. So I just said, yeah, do whatever. I trust you. Yeah. Don't ever tell someone that make a list. I mean, but so she, I said, do you have any more pictures? And she said, Oh no, I'm so sorry. Like, I thought you just wanted me to take pictures like of the guests. I'm like, well, yeah, I did, but it's also my rehearsal dinner. And I also wanted some pictures of myself to remember the night to put that in like Stanley cup terms. That would be like, if they took photos of the parade and the cup was in like two of them, yes. <laughs> like start a Stanley cup at that point. Exactly. Right, or like not the players aren't in any of them. They're just taking pictures of us. Like nobody wants to see me. They want to see the guys. <laughs> exactly. She was like, Oh my gosh, I'll give you your money back. I was like, it's fine. It's the, it's the concept that I will never get these photos, photos back again, but I hope you feel good. <laughs> I'm glad my guests got lots of pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. You guys were in Syracuse together and that was your guys' first season together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was two doors down from each other or a, like one apartment between us. <laughs> so leading up to that, had you guys talked in recently I feel like we kind of like kept tabs on each other. Like it was like that Instagram love, but it is true. Like what Emma was saying. So that four-year difference was a little bit tougher because I would have been leaving high school as she was entering. So like, I feel like high school is where, you know, obviously our families have always been close. Cause like our brothers, Matt uh, being Emma's and Adam was mine. They played hockey all the way up. Like until I don't even remember what age they were. So we always like knew each other. Um, but yeah, then I went away to school and there's a few girls from Uxbridge that were dating hockey players. And we all kind of think sent each other love just like virtually because we, you know, knew what it entailed. Um, but yeah, I think when Scott Mitch had obviously been with Tampa for a bit and when Scott signed, like we were both just like, oh my God, like it actually happened. Yeah. And then Mitch and Scott ended up going 
apartment hunting like together like we weren't even there and they were like going as a couple I swear like looking at different apartments I know do you truly trust them to pick out yeah I think I think I they 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 were nice honestly they had exposed brick they were like new apartments it was great by far my favorite apartment that we've ever lived in some guys are like I don't know if I would totally I mean, at this point, I think my husband knows like what I like and what I don't like. I'm like modern period, nothing else. But some people aren't so sure sometimes. (laughs) Well, Mitchell's apartments pre me coming into the picture were very questionable. So I think Britt had a lot more trust in Scott than I did in Mitchell, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Refined his taste uh, when I first came um, to. It was our first summer, and I was doing like some some sort of summer school courses for uh, university. And I lived with Scott for like a month at a time, and like he was just living in this like outdated apartment, and his mattress was on the floor, and it was just like so <laughs> old. And I'm like. I don't even know it probably cost a dime a month to live there uh, which he was obviously fine with but I was just kind of like yeah so when <laughs> I live together we're getting frame <laughs> just so you know I like I like to not sleep on the ground but <laughs> I, I appreciate that you're doing it yeah. we're gonna invest in a bed frame yes and he lived with another goalie at the times and both of them just were like rooms across the hall both just like a mattress on the floor and like not even like lamp it was just like they put like they didn't even have a side table their like glass of water would just be like on the carpet beside their bed and I'm like okay (laughs) how do they live before we come along I truly want to know like how do how do they get to the point that they're at I don't know. Like, when does it change? I think truly we are the ones to thank for that. You know what? If we could take some credit, it's in the housing and living situations. (laughs) Are you guys clean or messy people? OCD clean. Are you? Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I've I've become OCD, like, after having a baby because I just, like, have to be. But I now have this thing where, like, before like in college and stuff even after that like I could go to bed with like stuff not cleaned in the kitchen like I was like whatever I'll get it in the morning I cannot do that anymore it literally makes my blood boil if I walk out and there's anything on the counter like it has to be completely spotless okay so growing up oh sorry go ahead Britt no I was gonna say I just like I'm that person where like if there is anything on the counter like it's And I I honestly think I contribute it to my mom growing up because I would want to have friends over. And if everything wasn't in its place, she'd be like, oh, honey, you need to give me more heads up than that. Like, no, they can't come over. So it's all I I think I've gotten I think as long as like, you know, everything's like straightened, I'm fine with it. But like, I almost feel that I can't relax and like sit down, like even in the morning, if I'm about to have my coffee, look at some emails the counters need to be wiped. Like the dishes need to be either in the dishwasher, or like on the drying rack. It's very, it's, it's not OCD, but it's definitely like, I, I'm a clean freak. For Borderline. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so growing up, I'm like, my parents call me hurricane Emma because every room I walked into drop everything did not matter, but I always knew where everything was. Like, it was like a talent. My mom would be like, where is this specific sock? And I could go into my room. That was a bomb and pull it out. <laughs> And then as soon as 
as soon as Mitchell and I started getting our own places, so it wasn't until recently, I take so much pride in how clean I keep everything and everything has a home. Like Mitchell will leave a sock and I'll say, this has a home. It doesn't need to be on the ground here. So now, but it's recent, like within the last like three or four years that I've become like this. I will I say over every time I went over to their apartment in Syracuse, it was very spotless. So thank you. <laughs> so is your are your significant others also this way or are they all, the opposite both of them I Mitch is very clean right very clean yeah really yeah gosh you guys are making me look bad over here <laughs> well, you also have a child so I don't know what I'm I hope that I can still maintain cleanly but you know <laughs> yeah oh my gosh I uh, find yeah he leaves his socks everywhere socks are his only thing yeah hat what about hats basket either. oh yes socks and hats everywhere yeah. I just start stacking it now like I don't even put it away like I'll just like put it all like on his like at least here it's a little bit different of a setup so I'll just put everything on his closet floor like on his side and I'll just stack it I'm like okay once this like piles up maybe he'll put it away maybe he'll get the memo yeah <laughs> but every night up till now you just need to put it away <laughs> yeah I mean he's pretty good I would say like neither of us are like OCD but every night I definitely have to like sweep the whole like not like actually sweep but just like put everything back in its place so that when I walk out like you said and get my coffee I can just sit down and like relax yeah it's a total mental thing yeah um Emma okay so how did you meet Mitch okay so the filtered story that I tell people is that like we met through mutual friends but the like actual stories that we met on <laughs> like my parents and you know everybody that I mean they know now but originally I was like we met through mutual friends which is kind of true but like not really so we met on Instagram he was playing um in the world juniors at the time and my family grew up like just huge hockey fans my both my mom's brothers played professional hockey so like I, we just always grew up loving hockey he was playing in the world juniors and one of his interviews had come onto the TV and I was like, Oh my goodness. Like he's so well-spoken. Like I was just really impressed by his interview. So anyways, I followed him on Instagram and like a couple days later, he followed me back and started liking a bunch of my pictures. So we started kind of like just messaging back and forth on Instagram, whatever. And then, um, nothing really ever came of it, but I was in my first year at university in residence one of my best friends um at the time was his best friend they grew up in the same hometown so she was facetiming him and so we met on facetime while he was at the world juniors for the first time and then we we like started kind of talking after that and we really got along we were like oh okay this could maybe go somewhere and then I mean, we were so young. I was in my first year. I did not want anything to do with that. Got a different boyfriend, blocked him everywhere on everywhere because he would not stop reaching out to me. Like Mitchell was blocked his number, social media, Snapchat. Like I was like, stop talking to me. Because it would have been Finally, long distance, right? Yes. And also I was just like, I'm in my first year of university. You're doing world juniors. Sure. Getting a lot of attention. I'm good. I don't need that right now. Getting so much attention at that point. Exactly. I was like, you know what? We both got to live a little more. Yeah. So then, <laughs> so then um, I got a different boyfriend. We ended up breaking up horrible relationship. But anyways, I, I was so mad because he had made me block Mitchell on Instagram and I wanted to like regain all my power back. So I un blocked Mitchell and like re-liked a bunch of his pictures and then we started talking after that and 
we ended up meeting up on New Year's. Did he know that you blocked him? Oh yeah. He and was what, like, what did so, he say? Was he like, hey, what's like, he was, did, he, did you guys just pick back up or was it like you blocked No, me? he was so butthurt and he was like, <laughs> why, why did you do that? Like what? And I was like, well, first of all, like we were never, ever going anywhere at that point in time. And we both knew it. So like, let's just relax. And then he was like, oh, so you ditched me for another guy. Like it was almost like a competition thing. He was like, oh, I got to get her back now, which was kind of perfect. I was like, okay. <laughs> You're like, I played you like a fiddle exactly I'm like, yeah this yeah, is what see, I now, wanted <laughs> now you want me yeah <laughs> that's hilarious oh my god yeah, and then we started dating like like officially dating like three months after we had met like we just met and we just were at a different place in our life and hit it off so well like our conversations always just were amazing yeah that must have been like so crazy for you just at the beginning to like see this guy on tv be like oh he's cute just you know, reach out to him on it's just follow him on Instagram and then like have him respond like that's so just funny about like this day and age like Scott was in the world juniors too. I forget what year it was but obviously we didn't start until a few years after that but for me what was funny was I was like oh so before we met I was watching you on the TV and I didn't even think about it so it's just that kind of thing just is crazy. And I was like, my chances of him ever answering me are so slim. But like, <laughs> Might as well was, go for it. Like, I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to shoot my shot. I loved had the way he spoke in his interview. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give her a go. <laughs> I wish I had like DM Brian Reynolds or something. Just yeah. shoot. I know. So ladies, if you're listening <laughs> yeah. and you're single, go for it. You never know what'll happen. Be like me and just shoot your shot. You never know. <laughs> exactly. I mean, really though. So then, sorry, I'm just trying to like piece your whole timeline together. So Brittany said you guys did long distance right after that or like shortly after. Yeah. So I was still in school um, when we started dating and he was playing Syracuse. So, I mean, people won't know this, but um, I went to school in Kingston, Ontario. He was playing in Syracuse, New York. The drive from Kingston to Syracuse was just under two hours. So we would see each other all the time. So it was definitely long distance, but at the same time, like every weekend or like if they had a game Friday, Saturday and had the Sunday off, he would drive to me or vice versa. I would go down and see him. So like we were seeing each other like all the time, pretty much every weekend, if not every other weekend. So we did long distance for two years. Yeah. That's like ideal long distance, like other than crossing the border, if there was a little traffic there, that's amazing. Oh, it was so easy. And I also kind of loved it because I still had my whole life at school and he still had his whole life in in Syracuse and hockey. And while we were getting to know each other, I maintained like my life at school. So I was like, if we were to break up, like, I'm not going to see this guy. It's all good. Like (laughs) I I saw my whole life back here. Yeah. That's true. You had like a country of separation technically. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, he's never going to just be like venturing over here this way. So <laughs> I feel like detail. we just like the three of us had just missed each other because I'm pretty sure Charlie played in Syracuse because he played there for two years also, but that was in, let's see, I think it was, okay, 14, I think it was the end of 14, 15 and then 15, 16, but he was up and down that second year. So you guys okay, must have yeah. came in 1617 up until he would have come in 1617. I would have been there for 1718 season. Yeah. So yeah. we were long distance when he was in Syracuse. But then it's just funny because like 
I could have met you guys years ago. Yeah. That's so weird. Oh my gosh. I had no idea he played in Syracuse. Yeah. I, so it's actually kind of funny because like the first time he ever got called up was to Syracuse. I was like six months into a dating. So I was like, what? Like we're long distance. Like it was just insane. But yeah. the ironic part of him getting called up to Syracuse was that his entire mom's side of the family, they are all from Syracuse. Like his mom is from Syracuse. So, and she has a huge family. So she has nine brothers and sisters and they all live there. So when he got called up to Syracuse, like his entire family lived there. He had his whole family at the games. It was half the crowd was just his family. Yeah. It was so crazy. So then when I went out there, I met like his entire extended family for the first time, but I liked it. I mean, yeah. And that mall is really nice too. Yeah. Destiny USA is the best mall ever. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love Syracuse. Oh yeah. I loved Syracuse. Like I loved going there. The downtown area was really beautiful that we found like so many cute little like shops that we loved that were like the locals would go to and we loved like I loved Syracuse the food was amazing mm-hmm. like possibilities kn- yeah you had to know the areas not to go to for sure but that was that's like anywhere yeah that's true I'm remembering when we went out to dinner before that we had a great I talked about this a little bit on my episode we had the year that Emma and I were there together that was my favorite group of girls which is sad because that was the COVID you know new year that was when COVID came but we had such a good group of girls and we went to this one place for dinner Emma might know the name of it but it was Christmas and Otrosenko I'm banned from there for life (laughs) we were getting up to go to the game but we were kind of in a rush and I don't even remember what happened but Emma stood up and then all they had this like window display with all these nice little figures <laughs> they were like here and like fake snow I, thought, I turn around and I just see like Emma like catching things as they're falling from the window like and the whole restaurant is just looking and we like turn around and we're like what just happened what had happened like a deer in headlights too so I just stood up I swung my purse around my purse hit one thing and it was like a domino effect the whole beautiful display I knocked down <laughs> the entire restaurant's looking at me I smashed like some of their decor like it was horrible oh, <laughs> were you like good friends with everyone at this point or was this like a newer no we were we, that was like by far my favorite year of hockey as well like the group of girls were so when Mitchell got called up of course I was excited for him first NHL call up this is unbelievable I was devastated to leave the girls it's so hard when you and like looking back to I feel like every single person listening to this episode can say or think of that one year in their entire hockey journey that stands out to them like girl wise that you're just like the group just clicked like it just was perfect there's like no anxiety as you're getting ready for the games. Like I think every other season I'm always kind of like, Oh, like who's going to be there, you know, like, Oh, like what should I wear? But like that year, it's almost just like, you, you don't even care. Cause I, like, there's no judgment. Like you can talk to everyone. Like, yeah, it was top to bottom. It was such a good group. And the girls that I keep in touch with the most are all from that year of playing. Like they were just unbelievable. Yeah. And it makes me sad because I feel like I get, a lot of messages on the podcast page of people just saying that they're really scared to go to a new team, which I totally get. It's like definitely nerve wracking when you're going to a new place and you have to start from square one and like tell your story and like 
hope people like you. So I, I get that aspect, but I think people are genuinely afraid to meet new people because of bad past experiences that they have had on teams. And it just breaks my heart because we're all in this position together. This happens to all of us or we're going to new teams. So it's just like, why can't people be more open and nice and just invite people places? Yeah. I ask myself the same question. We started one season and I'll never forget it. Luckily I was there with my, my dad had come with me um, just to like, I think I was at home. And then, so like he drove me um, to this place um, and dropped me off to like live with Scott. And we were standing there just like my dad and I, and there was like a whole group of girls that I knew just by looking at them were the girlfriends and wives. And they were like in a closed circle and I could see they were kind of looking over at me and I love to give people the benefit of the doubt. So I'm like, maybe they didn't know, you know, maybe they were shy, even though they're in a huge group, but like my dad's just like, Oh, did you want to like go introduce yourself? And I'm outgoing. I can make a conversation, but it was just kind of like awkward. I just kind of like walked up, like squeezed my way in. And like, (laughs) I, it was almost like, I, I was like, so are you guys the girlfriends and the wives like blah, blah, blah. And they're like, Oh yeah. And I'm like, could you just, someone invite me in like it's it's so nerve-wracking if if the group of girls is just either you know they've got their cliques or whatever it it's oh yeah I'll I'll never forget that because I was terrified and it's it worked out they were nice girls but just if you are in that position now that we're starting a new hockey season just be that girl that reaches out because you can pretty much tell just by looking at people if they're a girlfriend or a wife like you know what I mean (laughs) for sure Exactly. So when Mitchell first got called up, I mean, again, I don't know on or off the record, but when Mitchell first got called up, of course I flew out to his first NHL game. It was so exciting. I was there with his family. I walked into the family room and somebody said to me, oh, are you the call-ups girlfriend? And I was just like, that alone just like kind of set the tone in that day. And again, I'm sure it was so unintentional. Like, Maybe they were trying to welcome me in, but just then I was like, okay, so my place is down here and you're talking to me from up here. So it was just, yeah, it was just super unfortunate. No, I think, I mean, if you don't care if I put that in, because I do think it's relatable. First of all, it's like, learn his name. Like if you know there's a call up and you know there's a new girl coming in, I don't know. I just think like, why would no one reach out to you before and be like, hey, are you coming up to the game? Do you want to come sit with us? Because obviously I'm sure you were nervous to like go there to up to the NHL for the first time and not know any of those girls. And it's intimidating to go up there. I'm sure. Exactly. Or you could have just said my name. Like, yeah, like I have a name. Well, yeah. Or like, welcome. Like, I'm so glad you guys are here. Whatever. Nothing. Just, I was like, okay, so I will stay quiet and drink my waters and (laughs) There's so many ways that they could have rephrased. You know what I mean? Like, I know sometimes stuff just slips out. You say Mm -hmm. it, it, but you could have even, even if I had no idea who you were, how I would have approached, I would have said, oh, I don't recognize you. Like, are you dating someone, you know, who's here, right? It's just kind of, it's so, I feel like I've been in, so on both ends of that conversation. And it's just kind of like, hey, like, you look like, you know, you haven't been here before. What's your name? Like, are you dating someone? And sometimes it's even their sister or whatever, but like, that's not offensive. You're just kind of like, oh, like, nice to meet you. I haven't seen you. You're, you're an unfamiliar face around here. Yeah. 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 So 
the worst thing that could happen is their their sister you know what I mean like right I know yeah and then so like I always made an effort this past season um because the Tampa is definitely an older team so and and people that have been on the team have been there for a really long time so they really know each other well their kids have gone to school together so whenever new people came onto the team this past year because there was a lot of injuries and call-ups and COVID and everything whenever somebody new came I always made sure I, I reached out beforehand and mm-hmm. that I, I always made sure that they had me to sit beside at the game at least because I didn't get that my first game and I it was just not a great warm welcoming that I would want to give somebody else. I feel like maybe that's the reason why that happens is so that you can, I know it sounds bad because obviously no one wants to experience this, but since you have both and I myself have also experienced this now, it's like, you want to pay it forward and make other people feel like they are welcome because maybe if you didn't go through that, you would not be aware that that's even a thing. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. That's why I take every experience and I'm like, this happened for a reason, learn and grow from it. Mm-hmm. No hard feelings at all. Like the girls in Tampa ended up being nice girls and everything. So it, it all worked out again, which was awesome. But just that first introduction, I was like, I never want anybody to feel isolated like that. Yeah, for sure. Now I'm like a detective and I look up the roster and then I look up the player and then I go to their Instagram or Facebook, see if they have a girlfriend or wife. Then I message them. So I did that this year for Austria because it's like for, for like coming all the way to Europe, I think that's, it's nerve wracking going anywhere. But like, for me, I found that it was, it's a lot more scary. And I like to have that comfort of knowing like, okay, like these girls seem super nice. So I just reached out to all the other imports that were coming over. And then I started like a WhatsApp group message between all of us. I'm like, okay, this is like, we're all going to, to Vienna next year. Like, here's the group chat, you know, just so we can like get to know each other or like ask questions if we need to. And I just feel like having that is so important. And I think like, yeah, even if you can reach out to people before the hockey season even starts, like for you, Emma, you're going somewhere completely new. Like you can be creepy like me and look up the roster and just reach out to someone and be like, Hey, I'm going here for the first time. I don't know anyone. Like let's get lunch whenever you get into town just to like make yourself feel more relaxed. For sure. And so Detroit, I have to, I, again, have, I know one of the girls because we played in Syracuse together. Oh, perfect. But whatever, three years ago, but one, I know one girl, but there have been three, maybe four other girls that have individually all reached out to me as soon as we got traded, just saying, welcome. When are you going to be in town? Would love to get lunch. Like here are the good hair places, nail places. Like I I've been blown away by the organization so far and the people in it. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's a good change for sure. I think. How did you feel about the trade? Were you excited or were you nervous? Shocked at first, like had no idea. We signed a lease for a new apartment in Tampa. All of our stuff is down there. We left the car there because we just assumed we were going back. He has one more year on his contract. So when he called me, he got the call at 9 a.m. And he was already on his way to training for the morning. So he called me and he never calls me in the morning. So I was like, either car accident, like speeding ticket, something like that. Never thought of trade. And he said it. And my first was, I was like, you're kidding. Like, that's a joke. And he was like, no, I, I'm dead serious. Emma. And I did, was like, did stomach drop when he told you? Like immediate butterfly stomach drop. And then I'm such a planner and an organizer I didn't even process the fact that he got traded. All I thought about was 
moving companies. How are we going to get the car home? Where are we going to live? Like my mind is such like, I'm such a planner that I don't adjust to change overly well, which is hard in this world for sure. But I didn't expect it. So then my mind just went to immediate planning. And then as soon as we got home and we actually sat down and talked about it and I saw that he was really excited, I was excited for him. And I made um, two friends in Tampa that will be lifelong girlfriends for sure. But other than that, I, it was, I never really connected with any of the girls. And so I think change was good for both of us. And same with him. This past season was so hard on him. He broke his foot five games into the season, I think it was, got surgery, and then was pretty much out the rest of the season. So, of course, they won the Stanley Cup, and it was unbelievable. But the season mentally was so hard, and he never really felt like he was a part of the team. So I think change for both of us is going to be really positive yeah I think like having that fresh start can feel good sometimes we're on the same team for the past two seasons and then we moved this year to a new city and it just felt good I was like you know what I was kind of ready for like a new vibe yeah right I think yeah sometimes change is really good and I think we're in that situation now where change is good and I've I mean I've always been the youngest girlfriend on the team I'm only 22 years old so I've always been the youngest on the team and going to Detroit I think there's girls that are like the same age as me and even that just feels so good I'm like people are gonna understand just kind of where I'm at in life as well I I did not know you were 22 you seem way older than that just by the way (laughs) oh thank you I guess that makes sense now because you're 26 right I'm 20 and Emma will be 23 so yeah four years yeah yeah. You're still 26, right? <laughs> uh, I'm almost 29, guys, in a month, so don't want to hear it. <laughs> hey, you're not 30 yet, so almost <laughs> close. Is that birthday that my mom's like, I'm 29 forever? So like, now you turn 29, and then you're just 29 forever. Exactly. Yeah, I like that, but you know what? I feel like every. I mean, this might be me just saying this as I get older, but I'm like, 30s and you 20. And then I'm sure when I'm 30, I'm going to be like, 40 is a new 30. And I'm like, I swear, like 60 year olds are cool. Yeah, and I'm like, that's absolutely. the new 20, 60. <laughs> I think it's all about lifestyle. Yeah. I'm convinced. Exactly. You can look at two different 60 year olds and like, it's just all about perspective. Exactly. Um, I feel like we covered a lot of good content. Doodles. We all have doodles. Yeah. So have doodles. between now we're adding another doodle into this mix. So now we have five. Five doodles. Between the three of us. No, between the three of us. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. Oh, I was going to say, okay, I don't have five doodles just to make that. No, you have two. (laughs) It has two. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine traveling to Europe with anything more than two? No, absolutely not. Charlie will sometimes like joke, like, should we get another doodle? I'm like, I'm sorry. How are we supposed to transport another dog? (laughs) With with a baby. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So when... Did you get your golden doodle? Is it a okay. golden doodle or what? Kind yes. Of- okay. Yes. He's a golden doodle. He was going into his third year of his entry-level contract. He was really hoping he had a really great season the year before, never got an opportunity with Tampa. So he was like, you know what? We're going to get a new apartment. We're going to start like in a new building, new area at Syracuse. It's We're going to furnish it nicer than we ever have before. And then we're like, you know what? We need something bigger than hockey. So we were like, let's get a dog. Like we're ready for a dog. I think, I think Scott and I had a huge hand 
if I do say so. Oh, are you <laughs> kidding? Absolutely. Because Captain was always just around and they were two, like, you know, two doors down. And then I'm, I'm literally like, what are you going to doodle? And I'm like, oh, we're bringing them over to the dark side, the doodle side. Yes. <laughs> and Cap was just like, he is the most amazing dog in the world, which I also think that the standard's really high for what we were getting. But anyways, <laughs> so we finally found Leo is his name. We found Leo and um, it was, we got, ended up getting him in mid-November. I was still in school. So our plan was, I'm going to keep the dog with me till he gets all of his vaccinations to be able to cross the border. So it was all good. I was going to have him for like two weeks. And I was like, no problem. I have roommates that love dogs. Like we'll totally be good. So we get all of his vaccinations. I'm ready to come across the border. I drive across the border. We're all good. We're finally together as a family. I'm like so happy to help help with a puppy because I was still in full-time school. And I was like, I need a little bit of help here get to Tampa or sorry Syracuse we're there for a weekend one weekend he gets called up on the Sunday I drove there on the Thursday he gets called up on that Sunday and I was like okay so just again a whirlwind so we were like Mitchell's been with the dog for a total of three days now so I'm like all right packing back up we're driving back home so I drove back home to Oxbridge like where we're from and so drove the dog back home to Oxbridge he got called up, never came back. He never once came back to Syracuse. Or I guess he got sent down for one weekend. So then one what did you guys weekend, do? Right? Did he so go back planning. down? So he, they just said, we're, you're, we're sending you down, whatever. So I was like, all right, me and the dog are packing back up. We're going to drive back to Syracuse. <laughs> he had gotten a call. He landed that morning, gotten a call by that night saying, you're coming back up tomorrow morning. Were and you on like, your way down? Isn't that too, so that they can like save, I'm going to butcher this. This isn't official hockey terms, but I know that Scott, if you were here right now, could tell you exactly, but they do Bring this. Bring it in. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. Where is he? Um, they do this. I think he actually might be at a skate now because it's quiet upstairs. Um, they do this, I think as a way to, it's either something with the roster or to save money or both. Like, because I know that even Conacher, who was up and down a lot before Mitch, that happened. I feel like he lived at the airport before Mitch did. And then it was almost like they switched and Mitch was almost just kind of like, oh yeah, you're going down. Oh, wait, 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 turn around. You're coming back up. <laughs> yeah. And because it was pre-COVID, they would put them on the plane. So yeah. they would physically put them on the plane. So he was sent down a ton on paper and it was all for money so that they didn't have to pay him. Yeah. NHL money for the time they would send him down so he would play a game they would send him down that night and then if they had a game whatever two days later they'd call him back up so he so he lived he never got a housing letter so he stayed in a hotel the entire time he was in Tampa from December 9th until whenever March because that's when COVID happened he was in a hotel and isn't it funny when you think about how much money not only the organizations have, but then you see some of these blockbuster contracts where guys are making like 10 million a season. And you're like, Mitch probably what, like on maybe minimum in the NHL. And you're worried about like the couple of hundred bucks you're going to save by sending him down by. Oh yeah. Like he was still on his entry level, like (laughs) contract. And I'm like, you're really worried about him. But anyways, they kept doing it. So anyways, Mitchell was never in a secure enough spot that I could like fly the dog down to Tampa. I was also still in my fourth year of university, so I couldn't do that. So Mitchell, for the first eight months of Leo's life, had spent three days with the dog. 
three days. So we got this like, dog glad we thinking, did this together. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, so this is my dog now. And it's so funny. Cause then Mitchell came home from the bubble. Oh my gosh. That sounds so crazy. But yeah, they went to the bubble after and then Mitchell came home right. and Leo had no idea who he was. Yeah, he's and like, I felt so bad. <laughs> yeah. He was like, uh, mom, like you've raised me. And like, I think he thought my brother, because I, we just bought this house in October. So we were still living at home with my parents and so he thought my brother was his dad for sure. And I was like, oh, the poor guy. That's so funny. So what about um, now? Is he like, he's earned dad title? He's very much my dog, but very <laughs> so much no. so. Very much so. Yeah. He loves Mitchell, but more as like a sibling, I think. Like he, like I'm just the primary for sure. Yeah. Like Mitchell's like the fun dad that like comes home and plays with him and gives him all the treats, but I'm the one that does everything else. Yeah. Well, we're with them all the time. They're gone often. It's like we're literally with them all the time. All yeah. the time. So even just this past weekend, we were at the cottage. We're trying to get the dog to jump off the dock. He loves swimming, but won't jump off the dock. Mitchell's jumping in, has treats in the water, sticks and balls. I just go jump off the dock. The dog jumps in <laughs> after me. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, that's tough, man. I wanted to go back to what you said about the call up and send downs. Just brief note. Like, I just feel like that's so hard on the player and also just like on your relationship. I think that's a very under talked about thing. Like, oh yeah, it's so hard for the guys and that happens, but it's like, also like, there's so much stress going on behind that for the guys that it does like take a toll on your relationship, especially if you're long distance. Like I've been there and it sucks. Yeah. And even like the constant Mitchell is really hard on himself. I'm sure all professional athletes are, but he overthinks everything. So he's like, oh, maybe I wasn't good enough. Maybe I didn't play well enough. He's like going through video of his game. And I'm like, he overthinks everything. And even that, like he's so hyper-focused on his career that your relationship kind of takes a backseat. It's really tough. Really, really tough. The pressure that's put on them. And, you know, for this shot anyway, whenever, whatever the league they get called up to, not only is there the pressure, but you think about those long days at the airport and say that does happen to them. They're at the airport, they're flying there one day, they're flying back the next, and then they go play a game. And it's like, do you expect them to be at their top peak performance when they've been living on airplane food, not sleeping, and now you want them to like prove themselves? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes and like literally every- saying there's a game in two hours and you're playing in it. Yeah. yeah. And then if you don't play well enough, just know that you're also going to get sent back. That's down. your thought. Yeah. You only get yeah. one. Like, no pressure. Exactly. Don't mess it up. <laughs> I know. It was a mentally exhausting year. And then on top of that, they went. So I was down in Florida with Mitchell when COVID all happened. And then the borders were kind of getting um, sketchy. And we didn't know if I was going to be able to get back home. So I was like, I got to get home. I don't, I'm not a depend. I wasn't a dependent on him at the time. So I wasn't under his health insurance. So I, I was just nervous that if I got sick, it wasn't going to be good. So I came back home and then they went to the bubble. So then we were apart for six months. It was a total of six months that we were apart, like could not even see him like just FaceTime. And that was really tough like that. I was like, if we made it through this, we can make it through anything at this point. But there was several times in those six months that I was like, I don't know if our relationship is going to make it through this. Like it, it's hard. So I really have a great appreciation for people that do the long distance. Thank you for saying that. That's very honest. And 
I feel like a lot of people don't wouldn't admit to that, but I mean, I've certainly been in that position with long distance as well, where I'm like, I don't know, man, this is, this is not good. Like it's, no. it's hard. Yeah. It's and really I, hard. At that point, you're almost kind of like, I, I'm married and I still, sometimes I'm just thinking like, obviously this life is, we're so fortunate for it, but I'm just always like, oh, like, imagine if we both just worked nine to fives and we just <laughs> in one place and we could just get cozy and there wasn't a phone call that could just uproot your life and you know stable salaries just set down roots and like I'm married and sometimes I think that right and it's just it is that's I find like the long distance too obviously I mean we had to do three months when Scott was in the bubble and even then I was like we haven't done three months apart since like we first started dating and mm-hmm wasn't difficult at that point because we've been together but just still in the back of my head I'm like like there's we do sacrifice a lot so that's why I'm so thankful that you know for this podcast to kind of show you know relate for the other wives and girlfriends and for anybody who's not just to like kind of see that it's not all sunshine and rainbows all the time absolutely yeah exactly like it was really hard and and there was times where because he was in and out of the lineup, even during playoffs um, last season, his mental and then not being able to see any family or friends for that much time. Like as soon as I had left Tampa, he didn't see any family or friends for six months. Like he was not in a great place. COVID was terrifying back then. Like we had no idea what we were in for. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of factors. And I was like, I don't know if I can be the support that he needs me to be right now. So yeah. Yeah. It was tough. Well, because we're all battling different battles, right? Like, so it's hard because, in, especially in a year like with the pandemic, it's hard on all of us. And I think everyone's mental health was affected. So it's hard to like give sometimes too when you're in that place of yeah. feeling overwhelmed or overstimulated or like whatever that is. But yeah, six months is a long time. I feel like we only would like, once we hit that like three month mark of long distance, I was like, I need to book a flight. Like, obviously you couldn't because of the bubble, but it was like, I, we need to see each other. Cause this is like, Oh, the amount of times I was, yeah, I was like, I'm going, I'm going to the bubble. I'm breaking in. I don't care. I will get caught by the police. I'm climbing the fence. Like I'm done. (laughs) Close to where the bubble, like that was the thing that like, I was like, I think Emma and I were texting about this last year. We're like, I at my mom's house because she's not in Oxford anymore. I was 25 minutes away from their hotel. Emma could have been like probably an hour. We're like, we could literally like Emma, come pick me up on your way. We're gonna go just like see them. We'll just stand at the fence. Cause wait, they were, yeah, wait. <laughs> we're like, they are so close. To, it's like that bubble boy. We're like, we can look at them, but we can't touch. That's so <laughs> yeah. fr- that's so frustrating. And oh, you went months so without seeing them and they were right there. Yeah. Right, right there. Right there. I know that it was almost better when they went to Edmonton because yeah. at least they were gone. <laughs> yeah. I didn't feel like I could like go yeah. see them. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't think I realized that. Yeah. Yeah. It's that the Toronto one was like so tough. And I even, I was touring wedding venues in Toronto with my mom and Scott was literally like 10 minutes away at some venues that I was looking at. And I was like FaceTiming him. I'm like, what is this world? (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, Hopefully we're on some sort of exit out of this crazy life. And hopefully it's not going back to where it was because that would not be good for anyone. (laughs) No. So yeah, even, so I just finished school. So I just finished teacher's college 
And thankfully my teacher's college was online. So I was able to live in Tampa this entire past year with Mitchell where I wouldn't have been able to. And so some things like that, I'm like, it was a blessing in disguise because I would have never got that quality time after such a hard year. And like, thank goodness for that because we needed this past year to just build our relationship in such a solid foundation. But then other things like the bubble, I'm like, I hate COVID. Yeah. <laughs> we're Come coming on. Last time we were home was in um, October. Um, and then we uh, like, we quarantined at my mom's house after Tampa and uh, yeah, we left in October to come back to Michigan. So I'm like, if this, so to also say I'm waiting on my green card and while you're doing, if there's any other ladies that are Canadian trying to get an American green card or will in the future, you can't leave the country while they're in progress. So it's not COVID related why we can't go home, but obviously tack that onto COVID mm -hmm. and longer wait times for the green cards now. So if we get to this October and it's been a year since I've seen my family, like, oh, I, that's definitely another part of this life. I think that factored it into me. Like when I was some of those harder nights when you're weighing it, you're like, I'm uprooting, you know, not only are you uprooting your life, but you're like, my best friends and family. Like those are your most important relationships. Your support and system. Yeah. And you're now leaving those behind for this new one that you're just taking a huge risk on. So yeah, that, that aspect too is just crazy. Yeah. I know. I'm sure we're in, Mitchell and I are in for another tough year because this will be the first time that I haven't been in school or working. So like this year will be the first time. I mean, I'm supply teaching online Again, thankfully for COVID, schools are online or some schools are online that I can get a job online. This will be the first time that I don't really have something just for myself. So it's going to be another adjusting year of learning how to really actually uproot my entire life for him. So mm -hmm. yeah, yep. it's a lot, but you'll find your way and you'll find something that you love to do and try to make, you know, a routine and like healthy habits. And then you'll, you'll kind of slide back into like where you're at and you'll like find your place in your new city. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be good. Well, thank you so much, Emma, for coming on the podcast. It was so fun chatting with you. And I just love your guys's little friendship that you've had going on for years and years and years. So I'm glad we we're all able to chat. I know this was amazing. Thank you so much.